You won't find them in the club Cause they are all up in the pub They're our favorite nerds They're the Twisted Sisters You may like them, you may not But you should probably give them a shot They have the greatest words They're the Twisted Sisters What's up, turds? Hello. Howdy. Hello. Uh, I kind of feel like I need to do a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, maybe this is something that we should have done like a long time ago. But um, I would just say that all opinions expressed here are are just the <laughs> opinions of the person who says them, whether that be one of the Twisted Sisters, the monthly guest host, or the guest. Thank yes. you. Um. <laughs> Well, hey, ladies, we have a new guest host because it is a new month. So, Nicole, um, should we say both last names? One last name? I only use Sorrentino. (laughs) Hi, I'm Nicole Sorrentino in the pub. I am Sorrentino Rockwell. It's the only place I actually use my husband's last name is on Facebook. Sure. So, um, that's me. Cool. We Uh, are so happy you're here. I'm excited to be here. And I had to say, you are the inspiration for my blue hair. Aww. Aww. So, Aww. Cool. Thanks, so <laughs> I special. mean, it's it's not blue right now. It's greenish yellow. But... Well, that's, I, I don't know what this is right now. <laughs> it's, it's laziness is pretty much what it is. It was blue, I think. Uh... Yeah. yeah, I need to go back to the salon. I just got my hair done yesterday. <laughs> so... It looks lovely. Well, thank you. I... She cut it a little bit differently, but okay. So this is day two. Like after I get it colored, I don't wash it the next day. So it hasn't been washed. So it's not quite styled like it would have been, but um, she said she cut it a little bit differently. It's, I don't know. I mean, I'm wearing headphones. It's kind of hard to tell, but it's cut a little bit differently on the side here. But also I think either my hair had faded out a lot or she did a darker red because it's, much more auburn than red. Oh, okay. But I like it. I think yeah. it looks cute. I mean, I can't tell because your headphones are on your head, but yeah, yeah, I think it looks cute either way. My <laughs> mom was complaining to me the other day on the phone. So she, her hair has kind of been like, have like lighter, like gold highlights in it. And she wanted to go back to her more natural chestnut color. Mm-hmm. And somehow chestnut turned into cherry cola. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. So she's like, that's not what I wanted, but I'll deal <laughs> it's not a bad color, but if it's not what you wanted, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's almost maybe. I'm wondering if maybe the hairstylist got chestnut and mahogany mixed up. Oh, uh, that could be. Yeah, mahogany be. is is like a cherry color color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chestnut is like a brown, deep, br- like ashy brown color. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it has a little more yellow in it than red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, exactly. It's the blondier highlights versus the reddier highlights. Mm-hmm. Those are words. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yep, totally. Well, Jen FM taught me a new word today: textable. Textable. Because oh, yeah. I had to tell, I did, I was, I said I need to tell you a story. She's like, "Is it, is it phoneable or textable?" I was like, "Ooh, textable." <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. you have to ask, it's probably not textable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what are we drinking tonight? Um, I am drinking Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Just 
Nice and simple, a good lager beer. Actually, I really like Boston Lager in the fall because mm-hmm. it reminds me of, of baseball. And, like, after last year, baseball's been really exciting in the fall. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, okay, last three years for the Cubs. Like, before that, yeah. it was kind of like, all right, let's focus on football. But <laughs> Yeah, it's more exciting for you guys than it is for us. We blew it yesterday, so. Oh, are you a... Um, Rockies uh, fan. Oh, they blew it? Yep, blew it against the Diamondbacks. Oh. oh yeah, Sorry. of all teams to lose it to was the Diamondbacks. I was okay. not happy. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I went to high school in the Dallas area. And I have like I have this thing against the Diamondbacks because um I think oh, what was his name? Randy Randy something. He I, he was the pitcher was Yes. For the um, Rangers, I think. For, and then he like went forever, to the Diamondbacks. Right? Yeah, forever. It's Randy something. And he's like, he's like six foot eight or something. I don't know. He's like ridiculously <laughs> tall. And um, and so he was a pitcher for the Rangers for a long time. And then he went to the Diamondbacks. And so, like, I hate the Diamondbacks. <laughs> he's not See, still on I'm... the team. Like, he's probably way retired by now <laughs> because uh, I've been out of high school for almost 20 years now. But still, <laughs> let's say I'm torn. Hilarious. My favorite band from the Arizona area does the theme song for the Diamondbacks. Uh huh. But I still can't like them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Yeah. Like I don't have any like teams that I like really really like hate like without being able to explain why because uh-huh. I didn't because like I feel like that kind of stuff kind of happens in mm-hmm. childhood. So like I definitely have teams like that for football. I mean, I was raised a Packer fan. So, (laughs) uh, but I lived in Minnesota. So, like, I detest the Vikings with every cell in my body. And, yeah, and and I also really don't like the Cowboys. Um, (laughs) So, like, those are, like, the two teams that, like, I cannot stand in football. I just don't like NFL but. Yeah, I don't like NFL right now either. Like, I can watch the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> I'm like boycotting because I want to support Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I totes bought a Kaepernick jersey just to wear on nice. Sundays to piss people off. Oh, That's what Christopher did too. last year. He bought a cap. Like he said, this season the only jersey he's wearing is a Kaepernick is the Kaepernick jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a Colts fan. He's still watching Colts games, but like the only jersey he's wearing this year is his, is his Kaepernick jersey. Mm-hmm. If I followed football, I think I'm supposed to be a Broncos fan because I'm born and raised here. But uh, <laughs> I'm really all right not liking them. <laughs> Um, so I will say, um, Nicole, sorry, but I hate the Nuggets. Um, oh, that's cool. I, I have no emotional ties to those people at all. Cool. Yeah. Are, are you talking <laughs> basketball now? Yeah, yes. That's basketball. Okay. Uh, I, I care way more about basketball than football any, any day. Um, <laughs> that's and <happy> for me. <laughs> I, uh, um, when I was a kid, so I lived in Seattle and, uh, the Nugget, I think it was during the playoffs. I don't remember exactly, but I think it was during the playoffs and the Nuggets came and like beat us at home. Mm-hmm. And so like there was, there was a boycott of like chicken nuggets in the whole city <laughs> for a while. And so like that really, 
Like, I was a kid, so that ingrained on me. I'm like, ah, Denver Nuggets, never, can't, nope. So, well, yeah. to be fair, they have some of the worst jerseys and they've gone through, I don't know how many in the last 20 years mm-hmm. and every design is worse than the, the one before it. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. That's all I care about. And their colors are terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, so Nicole, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking, um, it's gin and seltzer with a little ginger and, uh, maple syrup. Cause I was telling Becky, I can't find honey. Um, so it's sort of my take on the bee's knees cocktail. Uh-huh. Which is honey, gin, and a little bit of ginger. Uh-huh. It is delicious. Wait, it is local Colorado. Actually, it's local Fort Collins gin uh-huh. uh, from a dis- dis- distillery not far from me. Uh, 5,003 distillers. Cool. Okay. They put forth I, a good product. You can't find honey? In her house. Like, they have oh, it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, like, but she doesn't know where is, it is. It like, is it's somewhere. Okay. <laughs> but I, I knew where... like there was no honey available in Colorado. <laughs> Colorado. No, no. Oh, the no. whole state. We, no, we're the home of rice's honey. I mean, we have one of their distributing plants not far from us, but no. I, I have say? No honey. Did you in say rice's honey? <laughs> rice. Oh. <laughs> 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 what's what's rice? Honey. <laughs> oh, I, can, I can see where our discussion's going tonight. Oh, man. Oh. This is going to be good. Whew. Okay. Well, so what I'm drinking um, also went pretty simple. I'm drinking an Oktoberfest beer. It's October, and so mine is well tried. Um, it's Polaner Oktoberfest Marzen. It is, I believe, from Germany. If I sounds like it's from Germany. Oh no! Well, it's imported by um, Paul Lanner, uh USA mm-hmm. in Littleton, Colorado. Oh. <laughs> Boom! So, um, not super far from that's imported by. But yeah, Paul Lanner. Uh, not gonna try that um, in Munich, Germany. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I will. I will uh, piss off the German speakers. We have a lot of, like. We need to a have Abby German Kelly in the pub. Yeah, we should have Abby Kelly on for. Could we do like a science herd section where she teaches us how to pronounce German words? Yeah, definitely. My German is super rusty. I took uh, four years in high school and went there, and don't remember much of it. I am not even conversational anymore. Yeah, my my da- okay. My dad, the immigrant from El Salvador, double majored in business management and German. Wow. Sure, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> He already spoke Spanish, so yeah. So why not? Next business language. Well, I guess yeah, I now mean, it's Mandarin, but mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's retired now, so I don't think he's going to worry about that. No, it's just for fun. I know I should have taken Spanish in high school, but instead I went. I want to take German and maybe two years of French. <laughs> I took three years of Latin, so oh, nice. Yeah. And then in college, I took a semester of Greek because I thought it'd be fun. Exactly. Yeah, was it I mean, like 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 classical Greek or was it? It was like biblical Greek because I went biblical, to a okay. Christian okay. college. Yeah, <laughs> Christian I mean University. even I mean not just like Christian colleges do that. Like I went to Grinnell College and I had a friend mm-hmm. who majored in the class like the classical discipline. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. So the Greek the Greek he learned was classical Greek, which is the same thing as biblical Greek because it's about reading the classics in the original languages. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so he didn't learn, like, modern conversational Greek. Right, so he was reading Socrates and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Nice. 
Um, okay, so what are we fangirling about? Um, okay, I will go. I am fangirling about the TV show Designated Survivor. Oh, yeah. Um, so the second season just started, and I knew I'd wanted to watch it, but I like needed to be in the right mood for it to like to feel like I should start it. And so like a month or so ago, I decided to watch the first season before the second season started. And so I like fell in love with it with the first episode. Okay, so Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland is the the main character and the producer. Like it's his concept show. Mm-hmm. Um, his father, Donald Sutherland. You probably know as either President, President Snow, S- President Snow <laughs> in Hunger Games, or um, as Mr. Bennett in Pride and Prejudice. Ah, yeah. So, like, you think about these two extremely different characters, uh-huh. Don- Donald Sutherland, two completely different people, but like he does both brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Like that is what Keith Kiefer Sutherland is in this show when you compare him to a character in Twenty Four. Oh, like he is okay. he is like <clears throat> I think one reason why I'm enjoying it so much is I can pretend he's a real president <laughs> right now. Because <laughs> um, he's like okay, so okay, so just the background. I mean and and this isn't a spoiler because like I mean it is a spoiler, but it's a spoiler that they gave people before the show started. So it's like it was part of the previews before uh-huh. the first episode of the first season. So he's like the like there's one member of the cabinet of the president's cabinet is that is kept that is kept out of the state of the union address in case something happens because at the state of the union you have the president and the vice president and the speaker of the house and the entire congress and the entire senate and the entire supreme court Mm -hmm. they're all there Mm -hmm. so there's one member and and everyone else in the cat in the president's cabinet and a lot of generals and everything right and so there's one member of the whole succession yeah exactly (laughs) so there's one member of the cabinet that is held back and apparently there's also a member of Congress that is a designated survivor for Congress as well um, to be, like, the, rep- the representative of Congress in case something happens. But the person in the cabinet becomes president if something happens. So that's, that's what happens. He's actually fired that day by the president because the president doesn't want to go in his direction anymore. Mm-hmm. He's the secretary of HUD. Oh. He, um... He got the job because he was a professor that focused on urban planning. That's what he did. He was an urban planner. Mm-hmm. He becomes a secretary of HUD, and then someone blows up the Capitol building during the State of the Union address the day he gets fired by the president, and now he's president. <laughs> wow. I'm just excited that there was somebody in HUD who actually knew what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. No shit. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Wait, somebody I mean, who understands planning is in charge of HUD? What? Yeah. I know. I mean, yeah. see, oh, and his character is also You can be skilled in one area and be like, I mean, be a genius level in one area does not mean that you can do something else. Mm-hmm. And so. it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't either. Well, it doesn't mean that you were necessarily skilled yeah. there. Yeah, but like you should at least it should at least be something with an area of interest for you, and where yes. you're actually learning to to learn. Yeah, from true. the people that are the experts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I just yeah we can that tangent we're going to go into that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just I just I love the show so much because you're seeing a president who is truly a good person mm-hmm. trying to balance this horrible tragedy 
with with governing. Yeah. And and he's also an independent. Excuse me. He's an independent. He's right. not Republican or Democrat. So that it really so that's changes. that's a first. <laughs> yeah, he's the first independent. Well, not the first independent president. Te- technically, okay. Teddy Roosevelt was an independent during one of his terms, I believe. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. And it was Teddy Roosevelt. So. We're talking about Teddy. So that's been over 100 years already. Yeah. And plus, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt was one of the most popular, you know, Americans, like, in the public eye ever. Like, yeah. Like president was, or not. Yeah. He was, like, even before he became president, he was, like, one of our first celebrities. Like, mm-hmm. he practically invented, you know, tabloids. Like, not he, but the media practically mm-hmm. invented tabloids for him. If nothing so, else, I like him because of the national parks. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Father of our national parks. Yep. Yep. Um, and so, okay, so yeah, I'm, so I'm just really enjoying it. I've, the f- I've seen the first episode of the second season. I waited a while to watch it because I was able to binge through the first season and I wasn't sure if I wanted to wait and then binge the second season, but I, I couldn't wait and I watched the first episode. But um, Maggie Q is in it. She plays an FBI agent. Um, she, I, I, I really loved her and Nikita. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, the, the woman who plays, um, the actress that tries to tell Truman the truth in the Truman Show. Okay. She's the, she's the first lady. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else is in it. The, I don't, yeah. I, I can't think of anyone else that people would probably recognize or, or that like are mainstream before the show. But yeah, I'm just, I'm really enjoying it because it's. It's like giving you an insight into the day to day. You know, I mean, obviously not everything, but it's it's like a less intense House of Cards, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> where the main character is a good person, not a douche canoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love House of Cards, but it's super intense, and the main characters are really bad people, <laughs> and so like, there's only so often I can watch that show. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, definitely anyway. one I have not gotten into. Yeah, no. Yeah, I need yeah. to check it out. So, Nicole, what are you fangirling about? Oh, I've been thinking about this literally all week. And I think, right now, I think I'm going to suck up. Um, and I'm totally fangirling about the pub. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Just because it And to it be amazes- clear, she's not sucking up to Amanda and me. She's sucking no, just to Matt, Brad, and yeah. Michael right now. Yeah. Just a little. It, it have hurts no inside. It hurts inside. <laughs> it hurts inside. <laughs> <laughs> but just the, the community that I have formed with people that I honestly don't know. And yeah. mm-hmm. I got to have a lunch date with Janet Walker and um, her friend Pat yesterday. Just out of nowhere, they came to Colorado to see a concert. And it was like, hey, you know come see us and more than you know, halfway across the country does, yes. her, does yeah. her friend live there too Wait. no they both came together from massachusetts okay yeah yeah so they live on the coast <laughs> and they came all the way out to colorado to see incubus play at red rocks which is mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful concert venues in the world i'm a little biased but um, <laughs> i saw a picture i did look at pictures it's gorgeous it's gorgeous yeah, yeah. and apparently they hiked their way around instead of like taking the easy way <laughs> all to avoid stairs 
Oh, how funny. It's adorable. <laughs> and we, we got to have a very long conversation about altitude and what it does to you and how we have like no oxygen here in Colorado. And you know, I'm used to it, but people from sea, sea level, not so much used to the no oxygen rule. Yeah, I I was feeling that when I went out there to visit Cali. Ooh boy. Okay, so here's a here's a question: Is it is there a difference for someone from like a midwestern state or a plain state like near Becky going to Colorado and someone on a coast going to Colorado? Like, because it's because we technically like I'm at a higher altitude than the coasts. It so, so it would affect you less. Less, but. Yeah. Would it be but noticeable? Do you know what your altitude is there where you are? I have no idea. I so think. I think Oklahoma City is about 1,000 feet. Ooh, yeah, because Denver proper is 5,280. Cali's at like 7,800. <laughs> and and we're at, where I am, we're actually lower because we're in a valley. Yeah. Oh, I think she's technically in a valley too, but it must be like super <laughs> high around her. Because <laughs> it was definitely over 7,000 feet. Crazy. Oh my God. Okay, so... I, I put in Altitude Des Moines, mm-hmm. and I got all these hits for the Altitude Trampoline Park. Oh, that's Ooh. nice. Not what that I sounds meant. fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's fun, but that's not what I'm looking for right now. Um, all right. Altitude. <laughs> um, 955 feet. So about the same as us here. Yeah. Yeah. So you notice it, and I notice it when we go to to the Midwest, to sea level, like yeah. my my chest feels heavy. Like it is the strangest sensation. Oh, yeah. because we have more pressure have, here. Yeah, and you have like you have like thicker air. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not like, just when it's humid. <laughs> it's right. your, your air is <laughs> yeah. legitimately dense. Yeah. <laughs> so it I takes know. me like getting off a plane anywhere that's lower than us. It takes me a good you know hour two hours to adjust to breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I digress. Yeah. But and, and then, you're talking about the pub. Yeah. I did. Just the, yeah. the amazing connections I've made with people that, you know, if you'd asked me even two years ago, you know, well, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to meet someone I met on the internet. Um, <laughs> I would never have done that. But like <laughs> all the pub people that I've met here in Colorado, uh, Callie's great, Roy, uh, Barb, mm-hmm. um, and now we have John and Jason which hopefully we'll get to meet soon. And then, you know, I've met Nicole in California. Um, I miss Brandy because she was busy, you know, because she actually has a life. <laughs> like me that I just travel around meeting people and doing stuff. And then I'll, and then. <laughs> Sounds when, familiar. Oh, <laughs> and then I'm hoping to meet some of the Orlando people when we're out there in uh, November, December. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, with, uh, and then just the people that I talk to on a daily basis and defend me to, Friend trolls, Dan Summers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm just name dropping pub tonight. Um, That's Dan, who's well, the pharmacist fan, who did the really. Ask a Scientist segment a few weeks ago. <laughs> so it's just it, it is so nice to finally have a community of people who, yeah, I can talk to and not feel like I'm going to get attacked at any point and are willing to like yeah. literally complete strangers I know would help me if I needed it. Yeah, like. That that really struck me this week too, because after the shooting, there was a lot of conversation in the pub about. I mean, other places too. Like this is, but there's a lot of conversation where people weren't agreeing about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, there's no one in in the pub that's like, 
as far as I know, that's like gun ho diehard NRA supporter or anything like that. But you know, there's there's you know a vast range of opinions on on gun control, and we and also on how to address the issue of gun violence. And mm-hmm. we had some really good, intense conversations in the pub. And as far as I know, no one felt. Like I saw a couple people saying, "Okay, we probably shouldn't continue this discussion. We're getting a little too worked up." Mm-hmm. But like, we people do that in the pub. We don't mm-hmm. like because we we have such respect for each other and we see each other as human beings and as people. And that's just that's just so hard to do sometimes on social mm-hmm. media. I mean, regardless of how kind a person you are, it's really hard to remember sometimes that the person on the other side of the keyboard is a real person. And like- I, th- I feel like we do a good job in the pub of remembering that more often and better. And that you're a group of 200, I think, some odd people with yeah. such varied backgrounds. And I mean, granted, a lot of us are going through similar situations just in different parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we can all self-regulate and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to back out of this right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. hey, I see on your page, somebody is saying this, let me jump in this conversation and help defend you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, and we don't always do the perfect job at it. And there's definitely no. been arguments in the pub before, but it's like, I compare the pub to Facebook proper, or even the pub to like some of the bigger groups like Christian um, egalitarians or children fund, raising children on fundamentalists, all great groups, but they're huge. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're a lot more likely i think people are a lot more likely to get into arguments there because there's not as there's not so much a personal connection with people mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. and those groups because they're so big like who knows if you've had an interaction with someone there before where it's like in the pub we all at least recognize each other's names and some mm-hmm. of us have really good strong close friendships like mm-hmm. a lot of us have really strong close friendships and they yeah just, <laughs> that i mean baffles me like I have yeah. my my two in person besties, like, but well, one has moved to moved to another state now, but and is probably in the next six months moving to another country, <laughs> but <laughs> um, and, but I I mean beyond them, I, like my other best friends, like truly the other like my the other people in my five people who are close mm-hmm. to me like are from the pub so the other yeah. three like mm-hmm. and yeah. i mean people who i can just like bounce ideas off of and who will like who i mean who get me and yeah. who i can just talk to at any time and feel just feel comfortable with so yeah. or can or confide in you like or confide, yeah exactly I think a lot of people confide in you, Becky. A lot of people confide <laughs> in me. <laughs> Not just, like, I mean, my whole life, really. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes. Uh, without saying any names, this week, three <laughs> from the pub. I'll admit I was one of them. At four. I mean, I guess kind of four. (laughs) So, yes, you were one of them. Um, I'm not going (laughs) to say what it was that we talked about. Right. That's because (laughs) Becky's the secret keeper. Yeah. She, yeah. Like, yeah, Becky might give spoilers, but she can keep a secret. (laughs) Right. 
spoilers about entertainment things, not about people's lives. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why you give spoilers because you you have so many secrets in I your need head. An you outlet have to get somewhere. everything else out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Push it that out, the trivial stuff out, so I can collect all the rest of the stuff. Um. Okay, so I'll go with mine now. Um. I so last Saturday. Um. So when this comes out it wasn't like this one the saturday that just passed but the week before um the 30th of september um i went to an exhibit at the science museum oklahoma called bodies revealed which your pictures were so awesome Ooh, uh, posted about that what well because you were outside and you're oh okay, i was like, like I, 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 I know because you couldn't take pictures science museum oklahoma i did not take pictures inside you said not. i'm sorry yeah, science yeah. museum yes you know she all the not, pictures of the museum the yeah secret. yeah yes so um <laughs> the reason i went on saturday so i went that day is because they were also having a big event at the um the science museum called like tinkering or something i don't know and um some organization had um paid for admission so it was free from like nine to three p.m to get into the museum which uh that's 16 dollars for an adult just to get into the museum and then the exhibit is another ten dollars the sign the um uh bodies revealed which i was just looking online and there are pictures online of some of the stuff so like I'll definitely have to share that those with the pub um, and maybe put some out there, tweet some out too, um, so people can see this. Uh, but it was super cool. Um, and so, oh, so since the $16 was, I didn't have to pay that. I just paid $10 for the exhibit, which I pretty much only went to the exhibit. Like, I beelined to the Bodies Revealed exhibit. And then, like, when I came out, that's when I took the picture of me standing by, like, standing up above like where everyone was i'm like it's super busy in here like all these people and it's so loud but uh, also when i took my picture by the the sign for the exhibit oh my goodness people it is amazing um so if you've been listening to us at all like i'm a i was a biology major in college currently a chemist um and i love everything about the human body <laughs> especially <laughs> love the heart but like the brain displays are really cool too um and at one point i like i was standing by like a display case of um the digestive tracts of the stomach and stuff like that they had one that was like intact and then one that was opened up so you can see the ruga inside and um standing there looking at it reading the um, captions and this woman and two girls walked up and they're like looking at them and like wow that's so small the stomach I'm like yeah it's I mean it is pretty small right but the rule of thumb is like if you put two two fists together that's about the size of your full stomach um and it um and so you see this here like that's how it can expand so like this looks small but it does expand when you eat and these folds here that's why it can expand and so like i don't know if they thought that i was um you know like a a museum docent or whatever like someone <laughs> who was there part of the um, to explain things in the exhibit like there was a there was a young man there who uh, like every, he walked up to me a few times he's like and so he's like and this is cool and like and look at this and then i'm like Thank you. I'm like, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look at it. Um, 
And he, uh, it, though, he did point out one thing. He's like, okay, so like on this one, like the creepiest thing, he's like, the creepiest thing in this display case for me, um, it's not like the eye, but it's that ear there because it looks fresh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and it doesn't look like it was a clean cut either. I'm like, Ooh. nope, sure it is not. <laughs> So, but anyway, <laughs> the exhibit's awesome. Um, if you're in or near the Oklahoma City area, um, it's uh, still here until, I believe, October 29th. Um, if you don't have a museum membership, you would still have to pay the $16 plus $10. Uh, so you have to decide if that's going to be worth it to you. But I think it's moving on to another city. I just don't know where. We'll have to look and see. But I think it's pretty awesome. That is really awesome. So cool. I I love I love museums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's we don't have like a huge museum here in like the central Iowa area, but there is the Science Center of Iowa, mm-hmm. and they get like really cool small exhibits all the time. And I've a we have a good friend that works there, and they got Sue the dinosaur from mm. oh, the Field cool. Museum last mm-hmm. year, and she got to help put it together. Oh. Oh, yeah. I was like, Christopher, I mean, I was jealous too, but Christopher was like, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, he he loved dinosaurs and his little kid. And we, we specifically went to the Field Museum on our honeymoon so he could see Sue the dinosaur. And yeah, so he, yeah, he was so jealous. I just love that you guys went to the Field Museum on your uh, honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, funny story. I was still a creationist at the time. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, like, I was starting to bend away from it, but I hadn't, like, worked it all out in my head yet. Like, I was at the point where I was, like, it's, I was recognizing how exhausting it was to be a creationist. <laughs> a younger creationist specifically. But I was still, like, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. You know, it's the, you know that that mantra you're given as a kid about right. everything that you believe that is contrary to the world and, you know, worldly wisdom and all that. Like, yeah, it's hard because it's God's way. All that shit. God's and way not our <laughs> way. Blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so now I, I would love to go back to the Field Museum no longer as a young earth creationist and no mm-hmm. longer giving myself asterisks in my own brain as I read the displays. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, sure. like, yeah, because like I could just like see like the, the subtitles in my own head, like aster- asterisks of like, uh, you know, like just dismissing, you know, anything that referenced millions or billions of years or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's not enough time for me to talk about the Creation <laughs> Science Museum in Texas that I went to when I was a teenager. So um, I, I've but, never been to that, thankfully. Yeah. 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 It's on my list of places to troll now, I guess. Yeah, mine too. Um, I, I still think a bunch of us in the pub should all get high and then go to the Ark Encounter. I want to troll the Ark Encounter so hard. But we have to be high. I'm the problem Colorado, is it's not anywhere near a, a state that that's legal. So, like, we'd be really risking it. Not just, like, normally well, risking it. So, <laughs> if I drive... <laughs> With my trailer, there is a good chance that I can... I mean, dear federal government, if you're listening to this, this is just a hypothetical, and (laughs) I'm not planning anything. Nope. Uh, I would just say my mom, if she travels, occasionally will hide hers in with her little old lady candies, 
That's not a bad idea. Yes. I've also heard, so, oh, I know this from my neighbor who has supplied us a couple times. Um, he has a friend in California who shuts it to him in peanut butter jars. So oh, he, yeah, you, I get it. You clean out like just like a small part of the, you scoop out some of the peanut butter and then you take a bowl dryer and you reseal mm-hmm. the jar. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it hasn't been opened. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hypothetical. Hypothetical. This is. <laughs> Remember, I, opinions. We've been opinions. we've been told this. Yeah. Yes. yes. Just told. None of us have ever engaged in anything illegal, nor are we planning to at any point. I mean, I just I'm not saying I've never. Candies at night. I won't say that I've never engaged in anything illegal, but I will. I was being facetious. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> nothing for which no, the uh, for which the uh, statute of limitations is still in effect. <laughs> okay, I'm I think it's unraveling time. What about you? That's a great intro for Tony. Mm. <laughs> He'll enjoy You're it. welcome, Tony. <laughs> Okay, for our unraveling today, we have with us our friend Tony Bedora. Hey, Tony. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, we um, asked Tony to come on because we have been wanting to talk about toxic masculinity for a while, and um, the opportunity came up this week to do that. And so um, that's what Tony's going to talk with us about today. <laughs> we figured, you know, it was good to have like a, you know, a guy to talk about this because we could talk about it, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. Um, so Tony, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, why, why you were interested in actually talking to us about this? Sure. Uh, well, I uh, live here in Kansas. Uh, I'm working on a uh, master's degree in counseling. And working with uh, my dad, which makes life interesting. Um, I was a pastor for 12 years. I worked in uh, college ministry for a long time. Then worked at a big uh, church for a long time, too. So uh, that's a few things I do. I'm also a dad of two great kids and um, only child because I got it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, feel, I, I feel judgment on that comment. I, I don't know why. I'm an only child, too, and I'm kind of judging you a little bit. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, moving on. This, this um, is going to be good. I can tell already. That we've started yeah, well. So, <laughs> this, this is going good directions. <laughs> um, so, I guess... What does toxic masculinity mean to you? Like when you hear that, what what do you think of? Because I don't know if everyone out there has ever heard of it or um, has the same like idea or what it is. Sure. And, you know, I think about toxic masculinity and I, I think about um, the ways in which men have been led to believe uh, there's some way to act and behave uh, that is the same and equal for all men. And often it comes off as uh, sexist, um, 
that comes off as macho. Uh, you got to be tough. You have to play sports. You got to be able to pick up girls or know how to talk to them at least. Uh, those type of things, and and we definitely see it promoted each and every day. Uh, if you just turn on TV screen and watch for five minutes, you might catch a glimpse of it. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit what you know I think about that. It just it seems like, from what you said, and so much of what we see online and in the media and in the news, so much, so many other things come out of toxic masculinity, like um, misogynism and sexism mm-hmm. and and patriarchy. Like all of it is rooted in toxic ma- toxic ideas about what it means to be masculine. Yeah, and you you definitely have uh, some Bible stuff to contend with. You know, think about that verse that talks about the woman being the weaker vessel. Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden that puts us in a different category. Like we've categorized women and overly simplistic than what it ever meant to be this frail, weak thing. And now we got to be big and tough and we got to protect them, you know, those type of things. And uh, it becomes kind of sickening because then. Yeah. We have two categories of people are supposed to fit uh, that people are supposed to fit in, but people don't just fit into one or two categories. It just doesn't work like that because that ignores personality, behavior, passions, desires, ideas, uh, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like I, I mean, when you just look at like women giving birth, like I don't understand oh. how. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> How people can call women frail. Yeah, I've looked at that twice, and I don't think frail during that process. (laughs) Oh, my God, you just pushed a watermelon out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can barely get to, like, cut the cord at that point. It's like, okay, what happened? I guess I'll cut this. What you did was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's a really good point. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big object. Speaking of women, like women being seen as the weaker vessel and being seen as weaker, um, and then men needing to be stronger, uh, it seems to me that it's because women have, um, there are less stigmas on women expressing emotions. Mm. And so we can express when we're, sad we we can express when we're angry to a point mm-hmm. um and and men are like we can express a, a range of emotions whereas men have been socialized to only express anger mm-hmm. mm. or i mean it, it, anger and maybe very few other emotions yeah. um it's and, like any any time a man shows tenderness Mm-hmm. he's you know he's being a quote-unquote pussy I, I hate using that word in that that way because it's the connotations but yeah. like that's the word that's used yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely like uh, the permission kind of given by the general male population whoever they are uh, just you have to be tough you have to be kind of arrogant and um the only emotion really that seems to be acceptable is anger. Like Mm -hmm. somehow anger won out over other things. And I'm not, not sure how that works out. Um, But if you are 
crying, there's something wrong with you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't just, you can't enjoy a moment or another stupid commercial on TV that makes you cry. Not saying that happens (laughs) to me at all. Uh, You know, those type of things. And all of a sudden you're kind of like looked down upon like, why is this guy crying? Like all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's a really weird moment that a guy gets uh, emotional like that. And when they see uh, anger, it's like, oh, yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. That guy's a man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it gets us all twisted. And, you know, the anger often is oppressed emotions, right? Like, I don't get to express really what's inside of me. So the only way I, I've been acclimated to uh, live life is to uh, outbursts and to anger and to yelling uh, and I don't. I can't actually tell anybody what's going on inside of me, for fear of judgment, for being mm-hmm. kind of like what you said, Amanda, a, a pussy or a weakling or uh, an idiot or you know any of those other terms you want to use. And mm-hmm. and then really, um, men have have lost the emotional intelligence they really need to have to love and to learn, to be a part of groups socially, to have quality relationships, either with uh, their partner, uh, their spouse, with their family, with their children, or even just with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it boggles my mind. <laughs> Were yeah. you, did you have a question, Becky? No, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So just, okay. So you mentioned being an only child and that you have two kids yourself. Mm. Can you talk about like the difference and how you were raised compared to how you're trying to be a father when it comes to this kind of topic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my dad is like the regular man's man. He grew Mm. up on a, a farm in Northern Wisconsin, you know, they had to walk in snow both ways, all that crap. Uh, <laughs> he had two other older yeah. brothers. They were all athletes, and um, you know we're we're all good at being athletes and uh, learned how to be tough, like just kind of the typical gritty farm guys. Uh, but I would say for all three of them, um, their main attribute in a lot of ways has come out as anger. Uh, so my relationship growing up with my dad is, uh, there's a lot of anger, uh, that was expressed in the house, a lot of fighting between us, uh, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically yelling, whatever, uh, it might be, um, really, really hurtful cause I couldn't express myself. I couldn't express my emotions. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to learn like, uh, what it was to say, how I felt and not be scared, um, which is, you know, super unfortunate to, mm-hmm. to be raised that way. And, you know, and I and don't say that to like cut down on my dad and the, the things that, uh, he did or, or didn't do. Um, he just kind of had some handed to him and that's what he's been functioning off of, uh, for a long time. It hasn't really changed a whole lot, but uh, that's just how he lived, and that's how I was raised. And uh, at some point in life, I became aware that there's more 
to being uh, male, to being a man, quote-unquote, uh, whatever that is, than um, what I learned in my household. Mm. Um, so I've taken the time to to watch other guys and how they uh, treat relationships, how um, they've raised their kids, and uh, definitely having kids changes a lot uh, for people. Uh, and for me, like, one of my greatest goals is to be a, a good dad. Like, that's what I really hope mm. I can be. And if, if that's all it said on my grave, fine. <laughs> I'd be okay yeah. with that. Um, so I'm trying, uh, you know, my best, you know, and sometimes you try your best and you end up doing your worst. But uh, trying my <laughs> best to be a good dad, to show my kids uh, love, to be able to listen to them when they express their feelings or even their frustrations with me. Um, allow them the space to to say that and me to accept uh, any criticism that an eight-year-old boy or five-year-old girl uh, want to give to their dad, which um, I think is done well for our relationship um, because they do feel a little more comfortable uh, doing that. And uh, it's taught me how to be a little more tender and sensitive and caring. Um, I've had to learn to listen to my own emotions. So if I expect that from my kids to, be able to listen to their emotions, to be able to express that, I have to be able to listen to mine as well. So I'm definitely a work in progress. Now it's hard working later in the game because then you got all the baggage, uh, all the junk that you know, I was raised with and I, and I live with and the pains and the burdens, whatever that is, um, trying to unlearn those things is super hard. <laughs> like it takes, mm. it takes a lot of work. Um, listening, being a skill, like I've worked my ass off. I'm trying to actually be a good listener and I'm proud of where I am now because I knew how terrible I was before. <laughs> yeah. So, Anytime you go, you make a change in life, if, if you can be um, grateful along the way of the progress that you have made, rather than trying to, rather than only being happy when you get to whatever the goal is, mm -hmm. being happy along the journey and looking back and seeing the difference every now and then. Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question then. So like, there's so many men who I see in our culture right now, the way you probably described, it would describe what you were before. So what started the process for you of recognizing that there was such a thing as toxic masculinity, even if you didn't know what to call it? Like, what started you on that journey of, was it like when you were a kid and you just felt like it was, it was wrong that you couldn't show emotion or was it not till you're an adult? It was definitely later in life. Um, I don't think I had the capacity to even ask that question, even if I had the intuitive feeling as a kid. Uh, but later on, um, there's a couple things. You know, uh, when I worked uh, in college ministry, we um, we were really just striving to be a group of people that loved people, and uh, so that included everybody that came by, um, whether you're 
gay, straight, whether you're Christian or not. Like we mm-hmm. we wanted to accept people. Um, so we had people coming by. We had this little house and we would hand out free hot dogs on Friday nights. <laughs> like we we would do it every Friday, no matter what. Uh, rain or shine, snow, whatever. And uh, it, it got crazy. Like there's times we're handing out like 600 hot dogs and it was just a few of us grilling them. Um, but people came there because they knew like – okay, I get a free hot dog, but these people are pretty cool. And I, we can talk, we can have that conversation. And people would come ask us because they felt some sort of love and compassion. And that grew that in me uh, because I wanted to be that good listener to listen to people. Mm-hmm. And hearing stories of other people changes you. And if you, yeah, if you, get, to, if you get to know them, you get to just let them share their story you don't have to fix their story. You don't have to have answers for their story. Just shut up and listen. It'll change you for the better. And um, I, I can just say for me, it, it was uh, a big deal. It was a big change. Um, another part of my story that really uh, probably even more exponen- exponentially changed me was going through Uh, a divorce and like it's Mm -hmm. like the worst experience ever and Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't vote for it so like if you think about it try (laughs) to avoid it um fortunately uh good terms with uh my ex and we're really good friends uh, on this side of things but going through Mm -hmm. that was literally hell like it was it was the worst experience of my life hands down um I couldn't sit there and play blame onto her uh, without taking a chance to to look at me and and trying to figure out like all right there's something legitimate here that is creating a breakdown in the relationship and I have to sit down and look at that and you know counseling sessions talking with friends some conversations helpful some conversations not so helpful uh, but just finding uh, a new way to see things and and uh, gain empathy and uh, during that time is definitely when my empathy is totally developed so now I can like understand that people do actually have feelings (laughs) and I actually have feelings (laughs) and we can share them and we can say things to each other and be okay and not have to to live on the uh, the defensive side of everything and uh, those, I would say, those experiences, um, you know, the positive, negative, definitely uh, changed me a lot in those areas. That's awesome. Well, and I That's wanted so to cool. go back to something you had said before, Tony, about sure. like the the masculine, and I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. The having to fix things and be like the one who makes things all right, because mm-hmm. you're the, the man, you're the, the one who's supposed to be in charge. Like my husband and I fight about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're learning slowly sure. that it's okay to, to let me be in charge for a while. Like how, what kind of process was it for you to be able to let go of the stigma of having to be the the breadwinner the the one who fixes everything the the in charge part of that masculine persona um i think a lot of it was realizing 
the person who wants to be with me actually wants to be my partner. And that word partner means that. <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. uh, you're my employee or uh, you're my understudy or you're my child. You're my partner. Mm-hmm. And partnerships are, are based on equality. And, um, you know, that made it easy. Like we're, if we find somebody that we love and we figure out that we are for each other and we remember that we are for each other, even though there's times (laughs) that like, it's totally contentious. You want to fight. You want to be angry. You want to win. I mean, I always want to win, uh, but you know, you want to win. I feel like there's some people who aren't competitive. Oh, but I, that's not me either. Yeah, <laughs> or me. See, Becky, you're just imagining there's people that are that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, or I'm they're assuming lying. there must they're be, but I don't understand it. Yeah, uh, they're they're poor lost souls who probably are unfamiliar with themselves. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so and I think I've heard you guys say this on your podcast, maybe, but definitely heard it many places. But once I really accepted and came to terms of the fact that um, being right is not as important as the relationship, Mm -hmm. it made it a lot easier because then I can just stop and I can take a breath, step back and be like, okay, what's at stake here? Is it my rightness in the situation or is it the relationship? And I always want the relationship to win no matter what. So for you, do you feel that that attitude of wanting to win? I mean, obviously women do this too. Every person does this, Mm -hmm. like where we, we forget to put the relationship before our own ego. Like anyone can do that, but it seems like, from what you were saying that it was part of that was part of the toxic masculinity for you oh yeah being right was everything because if i wasn't right i was stupid i was an idiot Mm. i was less of a man you know somehow i had to protect something that was totally non-existent non-existent reality i had to protect some image that i had conjured up in my mind somehow of what it was like to be the man and being right was unfortunately uh, a part of that. Um, And I would say a lot of that comes from my, my own upbringing where being right in our household, my, my parents are like a plus personalities. So like being right was (laughs) ultimate and I'm like a B minus. So uh, (laughs) like I'm always like, that's probably why I'm a good nine, be a peacemaker. Right. I'm not the A plus. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they were always arguing for being right, even with each other. And that was kind of what I saw. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I was, <laughs> so <laughs> We're trying to figure out how to follow up that. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Um, so... Yeah, I what was in my mind was A plus and B minus. And it, anyway, I don't, I don't know that I have anything. So uh, amazingly, Becky is speechless. Wow, <laughs> weird. Okay, I know. I know. This is odd. Hey, this is a podcast of history, right? Becky is speechless. <laughs> right, it's true. Well, Amanda, so, I, like 
I know you've kind of shared before about your own dad. Do you want to yeah. share about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, my dad, like, and, and this kind of goes back to like a word a lot of people use to talk about toxic masculinity is the word machismo, which obviously is it's a Spanish word. It's derived understandably from Latino culture because unfortunately Latino culture is very toxic when it comes to, I mean, not as a whole. I love my culture, but it like when it comes to how men are viewed as like, what their role is supposed to be. That I mean, there it's a valid, it, it's a it's a valid criticism to say that that Latino culture might be a little more toxic with the masculinity than than even American culture in some ways. Um, but my my dad is an immigrant from El Salvador and. And he was kind of the opposite of that. Like, he always, I mean, he definitely felt the pressure to be, you know, tough guy and everything. Um, Not just because of his cultural background. Actually, as far as I can tell, not at all because of his cultural background, but because of the expectations of who he was because of where he came from and the the environment that that we grew up in. I mean, I grew up in a cult where it was very patriarchal. and very, very damaging to everyone in my entire family. I mean, I was the last one in my family to leave that church, and I left when I was 21, um, and everybody else had left before me. Um, My dad got forced out because he got on the wrong side of the leadership. And, And I could definitely see after my dad got out the change in his personality where he no longer felt like he had to hide who he was, like my dad's always just been a goofy, 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 silly guy. Like that's that's his main thing, um, and and like and also he's just so tender. Like he'll watch Hallmark movies and just sob. Mm-hmm. And um, and like one time we went to um, the Omnimax in Duluth, and it was like an Africa safari um, documentary thing, and he had to leave the room when the lion caught the gazelle because he couldn't watch the gazelle getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, okay, so there's one exception to my dad's love of animals. That's rodents. He hates mice. One time I saw him like, just like there's a mouse that gone to, to the living room and he just went berserk. It was hilarious. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, that's the one exception. Everything else is like, he's super, super tender hearted and soft and, and, um, and sensitive. And he's not scared to cry. And he used to be scared to cry. Mm. He used to be, and, and, and because he was stifling that part of himself, his emotions always came out as anger and frustration, and he took that out on us. Mm-hmm. And once he no longer had to be what people expected him to be because of, you know, the you know biblical, quote-unquote, patriarchy, and, and my dad still believes that stuff. Like, he's still a very, very conservative, fundamentalist Bible believer, but he no longer acts the way he felt he had to in order to be a real man like he he's to free to up. be himself yeah your dad yeah. sounds a little like my dad <laughs> um like my, my my dad is a junior so he he's the oldest in his family and his mm. um like he's named after his dad and so to differentiate them growing up um they called my my dad's nickname was butch mm. which is the complete opposite for him. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a teddy bear. And <laughs> uh, but I do remember growing up, and he would um, come home from work, and he would just be exhausted and cranky. And so, like, you had yeah. to give dad some time. 
or else mm-hmm. he would like he would bite your head off yep. and then I feel bad about that. it. But he yeah. wasn't. He was, okay, and that sounds yeah. abusive. He wasn't like I promise. He was not. Oh, no, 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 no. But I don't, he was. Yeah. But he grew up in rural northern Ohio, and he was the oldest, um, the oldest boy in a family of um, eight kids. And, uh, you know, there's just a role that he had to fulfill too. Like your dad, Tony, like there's just a role that they had to fulfill. And, um, he, uh, but around, uh, like he was the one, he would do like silly voices when he's reading to us and he would do like, um, (laughs) he went to like on my field trips and just, you know, he was just silly with us. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, I don't know that we ever really had the, like the patriarchal gender roles thing in my Mm -hmm. house because my mom's, um, a very strong dominant personality and my dad's not. Mm -hmm. And, um, my dad only had girls. (laughs) And so he's like, okay. So he's like, so you all are going to do whatever you want to do. Like, I don't care if you're, I don't care that you're girls, you're going to go out there and you're going to be strong, independent, free thinking women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how he raised us. And I mean, I, I feel, um, I feel, uh, fortunate that I had a dad who, um, did raise us to know that men don't have to be yeah. um, angry and domineering. Yeah. Um, I think, so. yeah, and I think it's good also to point out that there is a way, though, for men like Tony's dad. I mean, if that's truly what his personality is, is you know, the farm boy, mm-hmm. like, that is also a valid expression of masculinity. Like, we're not trying to say that that's not a valid expression right. of masculinity. We're just trying to say it's not the only valid expression right. of masculinity. Absolutely. And so, like, I think of someone like Matt Polly, like, he's a very, you know, like, typical guy. Like, like you wouldn't, I mean, but he also has shown that he, he, he's, he's aware of toxic masculinity, though, too, like all the pastors are, of course. And so it's just, there's, there's guys like Matt, and there's guys like Michael with his whale mouth and his singing. <laughs> there's guys like, like Brad, when, like, seeing Brad, when we were in Indiana last, and we went out to, we went out for lunch with Brad and Mandy, and um, Mandy got, got ill in the middle of lunch, and Brad was just like, oh my god, okay, he dropped everything, he just, he was so tender, and protective of her in that moment because that's what she needed. That's okay. Like, and vice versa. I'm sure she would have been the same for him. And then, and then there's guys like Tony and there's guys like Christopher where they're very, very soft spoken, very, you know, sensitive. And, um, and that's, I mean, those are all valid expressions of masculinity. Just like there's so many valid expressions of femininity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I beg well, to differ that Tony is soft spoken though. <laughs> Oh, well, for, as far as I've experienced with Tony, I, I have, have not moment. met Tony in person yet. So. Well, it's um, interesting listening to you guys talk about your dads because my dad was completely different. Oh, really? Yeah. He was not, he was not a man's man. He was, he's an emotionally stunted computer programmer. Oh. So a, a whole different brand of 
Yeah. It's a whole different brand of toxic, honestly. Yeah. Because he could never think outside of his his box. Like, my mom and I always said he lived in his cubicle. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it was like he went from from working on computers all day to having no idea how to even communicate with other humans at home. And he would try, mm-hmm. but it never came out as love and affection. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily because he didn't. It was he had no... He had no idea yeah. how yeah. to to communicate that. Yeah, and it's it's just interesting to see the 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 difference mm-hmm. because most of my friends' dads were these big gregarious out there men who mm. like had two speeds off and on, and then there was my dad. Like the only thing he ever got angry with was when I didn't do well enough in school mm. or mm. like. He was a perfectionist and wanted me to be perfect. And that's, that is a whole other podcast. Topic. <laughs> we can talk about that one because there was which, that also. Yeah. Which essentially, Definitely. and I think that leads to my, my sickness and my, my fear, my anxiety and my desire mm. to be like, to mold myself to whatever everybody needs, because that was how I learned to make peace in my house. Not because my dad would get hangry. He just had a very quiet, scary way of making you feel very shitty about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can relate to that. Not with my dad, but I can relate to that. <laughs> so our message is, men, be who you are, whoever yes. that is. <laughs> I, and I think that is true. Like, you've all expressed, like, different sides of, you know, the most prominent male of your life. Like, and I have too. Mm-hmm. And there's similarities, a lot of differences, and that's okay. Like, not every guy uh, has to cry, right? It doesn't have to be hyper-emotional. Yeah. Not every man has to know sports or has to be tough or mm-hmm. has to know how to work with his hands or go camping, um, mm-hmm. those type of things. Like, there, there isn't this typical. Uh, and the problem is that we keep thinking there's a typical. And that's, yeah. that's what kills everybody and even even at times probably uh damaged our view of our own dads because they weren't like these other dads who we thought were more dad-like right mm-hmm. and uh, it's easy to get caught up in that cycle and and that's you know as a dad now the message i'm trying to speak to my kids is being themselves and apologizing yeah. for my shortcomings and uh, expressing what's going on inside of me and pointing out how other people are great and noticing those things, uh, noticing how um, it's not about boys and girls, even though both of them are like totally into boy and girl things. Um, <laughs> they're trying to make Miles paint Clara's nails this weekend. He wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> It went to try. Yeah, I tried. Uh, but, you know, a few weeks ago, I did get him to play Barbies with her, which was uh, a big step because he gets super anxious about, like, boy or girl things. And uh, when I finally got him sat down, we started playing together. Oh, this is pretty cool. You know, like, it, it wasn't as crazy of an idea as he thought it would be. You know, he didn't have to pretend to be hyper feminine or something like that. You just, yeah. you just go play. It's just, they're just, toys. it's just a toy. Yeah, it's just a toy. We always, yeah. 
we always fought when I was little about the difference between action figures and dolls. <laughs> because mm-hmm. my, my best friend, David, yeah. when I was very little, he was raised by a single dad. Huh. Um, and our neighbors watched him while his dad worked. And David and I always wanted to play, but his dad would not let him have a G.I. Joe or a Ken doll or anything that even remotely looked like a doll. So right. our, our neighbor who watched him bought him a G.I. Joe. Nice. Like, I was excited he had a G.I. Joe, not because, like, I wanted him to play Barbies with me, but because we could put G.I. Joe in the big tank <laughs> <laughs> with Barbie and sail it down our neighbor's driveway, which was a very yes. steep incline. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I don't care that it's a G.I. Joe. I don't care that it's a Barbie. Can we please put it in the big tank and sail it down the driveway? <laughs> right. And then he got exactly. a hovercraft one year, and then we decided to take Barbie and... G.I. Joe for a spin on the hovercraft and see how far we could fling them. Nice. So it's not about dolls or action figures. It's about how far they fly. Exactly. It's about how far they can throw them. (laughs) Exactly. And like, that reminds me, just like, you you can never put like a, like you you should be putting a stereotype on even what something means. Like just because you had a doll, like an action Mm -hmm. figure, or you had a Barbie, didn't mean you only wanted to play dress up with it. You wanted to play with it like a toy. And like, and something Tony said, where you were talking about, like, not all guys are into sports, mm-hmm. and there are some that are. Even the ones that are into sports aren't all the same. So, like, I actually got mm-hmm. and like I actually got kind of mad a little bit. I was listening to the liturgist conversations like a year ago, or not not a year ago. I mean, I love, I love them so much. Like they've, sure. they're some of the greatest people in the world. But um, Michael said something about how he doesn't, he has a hard time understanding how men that are more sensitive could like sports because sports can be so violent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let me stop you right there. <laughs> my, my husband is a very sensitive man and he loves sports. Mm-hmm. He loves sports. He loves the competition. He loves like, especially baseball. He loves the statistics. He loves mm-hmm. analyzing and he, even with football. He likes that too. He's not watching football as much this year because of political reasons. Yeah. Um, and just because it's kind of exhausting, but it's like, you don't, there's not just one type of sports fan either. Mm-hmm. you know yeah and there's and there's not just one type of hunter or, or like i knew i know men who hunt and that doesn't mean they're violent people yeah mm-hmm. like i'm just thinking i never really think of tennis as being like this real violent sport i mean <laughs> like <laughs> that that poor ball <laughs> is flying <laughs> uh, john mcenroe hard and, <laughs> yes like he was about the most interesting thing there because he was angry right but yeah, but uh, yeah. it was never like violent. Like the guys who keep winning, they just win and then they leave. They don't, <laughs> they don't do anything. <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's funny to think about if you like sports and you're sensitive. That is, that doesn't make sense. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> so no, another thing that I was thinking about too is like, uh, and. Probably think about more because of the pastors interviewing Hillary, uh, who's just amazing all the time. But like the yes, body image stuff absolutely. too. Uh, oh with, yeah. With like, and I I know it's a it's a definitely issue uh, with women, but it's with men, and it's it's sneaky, it's real sneaky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and mm. which makes it kind of. Kind of dangerous, but I'm really glad that the dad bod is becoming a thing because, <laughs> you know, I can I can handle that. 
but but still the adored ones are the athletes with the stacked on muscles you know the guys who look a certain way and when you're not a certain way it's kind of like you know you're a little less of a man like if you can pick up a lot of heavy stuff like like you're you're more of a man and uh just being in my family we genetically are just bigger (laughs) than most people it's Mm -hmm. Definitely not because I work out. Uh, I, uh, I can just I'm just board a little bit bigger than other guys, and uh, people expect because I'm that size I should be able to do certain things. I'm not, or I should be a certain way too. Like, um, mm-hmm. like I should be tough. So I, if I look bigger, you can come up and punch me, and I should be able to take it. And like, no, I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to being punched. I don't. I'm not in the MMA for a reason. Like, right. I didn't sign up to get punched, okay? Yeah. Um, but, like, there's just... Does this look like a cage to you? Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> and there's this this one time uh, I was on this mission trip in inner city Chicago. And I'm just sitting there. We're at this youth group function. I don't even know really what we were doing there. Uh, but just sitting next to this, this little like 12-year-old black girl, and she just looks over at me. We had zero conversation before this, okay? Like, I, I'm, we're there for like a minute. And she looks over at me, and she's like, you're one scary white boy. I'm just like... <laughs> that's the first thing she says to you. That's the only <laughs> thing she said to me. <laughs> I was like... Okay, like I didn't know what to do with that. Like, what what makes me scary? Like, of, of course, white boy, obvious. But what what makes me scary, white boy? Is it just because of right. the size or something like that? And uh, I think men need to remember that too. Like, mm. the body doesn't doesn't make the man either. Uh, the mm, body yeah, is absolutely. something like you live in that you have. You should probably take care of it because it's taking care of you. It uh, helps you to work and do all the things that you need to do. Uh, but it, it's not who you are. Uh, mm. It's what's on the inside. Like, we're more than than that. I'm more than just uh, a big guy. Like, that's just the body I live in. Um, mm-hmm. it, we have to remember that, you know, as much as uh, women live with that, there's a conversation mm-hmm. there. <laughs> there's, like, mm-hmm. yeah. much less of a conversation with with guys and body image and how we're, we should even view ourselves in the midst of that. Yeah. And like, I think I'm so glad you brought that up because sometimes like you see like the whole men's rights movement that you see online and stuff. I think a lot of it stems out of simply men feeling like that they're trapped in a toxic masculine environment and they don't have a a place to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I think, I mean, I do think there is validity and that feeling of being trapped that you're being told you're not supposed to think or worry about something because you're a man and men have the privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes, men as a whole have the privilege if you're a white man. If you're a man, you're going to have privilege individually over anyone that's not white or not male. But that doesn't mean that you don't go through things personally or even as a group. Like body image is a perfect example of that. And and I don't agree with the men's rights movement at all. It's taking it totally in the wrong direction. Sure. But yeah, men should be able to get together and talk and say, it's not okay that we are fed images of one type of male body in media and advertisements either. Yeah. Just like it's not okay that women only get one type of female body 
thrown at them as the standard and the ideal, men get the same thing. Well, and this makes me think back, um, because we're all similar-esque in age, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, back in the mid-ish 90s, when Silverchair was really a big band. Oh, yeah. And their lead singer came out and talked about anorexia and how he was a dude with anorexia. And it was such a wow. big, yeah. and it was, a, he got so much negative blowback from that in the nineties because it wasn't a man's disease. It was a woman's disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men didn't have anorexia and it didn't matter that, you know, it almost killed him. Yeah. People it, wouldn't th- take it seriously. No. And they, they basically made him less of a man. I mean, granted I still like to listen to Frog Stomp from time to time. <laughs> that was the kind of teenager I was. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I am proud that he made it, made it through that. And that I think because of not necessarily him per se, but men like him who are willing to say, no, no, you know, this is a thing we get too. Mm-hmm. And being, being brave enough to say that, you know, the toxic part of, of body image can hit, whether you're male or female. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's just, uh, I was just thinking like, you know, the numbers aren't super high uh, on men who suffer from anorexia, bulimia, things like that. But we could talk about the amount of testosterone that men will take, especially working out, oh. taking as supplements. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Ugh. I've definitely had a lot of friends do that. Um, a lot of athletes take that because Mm -hmm. you know you need to put on the pounds and it's a frequent battle we run into at my job for sure yeah Mm -hmm. and it changes you (laughs) and most of those guys are angry just because the amount of testosterone that's coursing through their veins to become the body type that they want to be and, and yeah. not to mention the other negative effects that go along with that much <laughs> testosterone. It increases heart disease, risk of heart attack. Um, it basically yeah. shuts down your body to be able to make its own testosterone. So you end up relying on the synthetic mm-hmm. until your doctor tells you, you know, your H&H, your hemoglobin hematocrit is too high. Your body, like your blood is too thick and your body cannot handle yeah any of this testosterone anymore. Yep. I have a, and, I have a friend who is a bodybuilder who now has to be on full synthetic testosterone the rest of his life. And, and oh, they've got to monitor him pretty regularly. I'm guessing for, you know, they have to check a CBC on him pretty regularly. Yeah. And then also cardiac stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. All, all in the name of, of getting muscles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And, uh, and like, and I mean, I understand it's like, it's a lifestyle. Some people, like my like my my sister in law has done bodybuilding, but she did it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. I mean, as healthy as you can do it. Like obviously the cutting the last week before the before the the show. Like the, I, I can't imagine if you do that over and over and over and over and over that that's healthy for you. But she she only did one show so far in an amateur, and she got second place, and she looked great. But she did it in as healthy way she possibly possibly could, and she had spent like years before that really just becoming healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just making her body strong. But, like, like when I look at men with, like, huge muscles, I'm just like, Ugh, I don't like it. <laughs> don't, I don't like, like touching it. them? They feel gross. <laughs> well, I, just, I feel like if it, like if I were in a relationship with a man with muscles like that, I'd be scared to hug him. Because, like, you're going to squish me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I have one friend who is about as wide as he is tall, and he's muscle bound firefighter, and he gives great hugs. He does. Awesome. He's the cuddliest, most teddy bear of a man. But you talk about trying to cut off his testosterone, and ooh, ooh, it is uh, not a good conversation to have. Yeah, and we run into this a lot in my job is telling yeah. people, I'm sorry, we, we can't continue doing this for you because it's yeah. not healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That must be hard. Sorry. I just kind of not going in the same direction. I'm just thinking about that movie, John Tucker must die where they put, um, estrogen in his protein <laughs> mix. And so he starts like crying on the basketball court. He's like, it's like my nipples are tender. Yeah. Okay. I just have a lot of feelings. Like, like, <laughs> Nothing worse than tender nipples, you know? It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to being a woman. Uh, that's definitely one of, one of the bad things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any closing questions? I think we've been... I think nothing worse than tender well. nipples is a good place to end. <laughs> tender nipples? I think it's a great place to end, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, well, go so unless bad. you want to say something more, Tony, or we could end on that. <laughs> appropriate Whatever. or inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> I, I could say so much, but we've definitely been talking for a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so I guess really just closing up uh, this podcast, we say that we're about, um, talking about issues that affect women and minorities. Um, but really that that's because it, it, those issues don't get talked about as much in the public arena and in um, podcasts and especially in theology related podcasts that we kind of are. Yes. <laughs> I mean, theology kind of adjacent. anymore. Theology adjacent. <laughs> yeah. Theology adjacent podcasts. Like um, but we... It, it really the point the reason why we do that is because we want to make society better mm-hmm. and by allowing men and um allowing men to be who they are who they were made to be um to be able to fill the niche in society that that they can fill um mm-hmm. that makes society better for um men and for women and for minorities, mm-hmm. if all of us, um, like if women can be who they are, if um, minority populations can be a valued part of society, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if men can be who they are, then it's going to be a better society for all of us. Yep. So totally. Thank you so much, Tony, for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. And 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 for um, making yourself available for us to re-record. <laughs> <laughs> I think this turned out pretty good. So, yeah, it was a good conversation. And, and we didn't get to talk about tender nipples before either. So that That's is true. true. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna leave you with tender nipples. Okay, so it is now feedback time. Um, do we have any five-star reviews? Unfortunately, no. We have no new five-star reviews from last time. So, 
come on, people. I mean, I know we don't have a competition going on right now, like the Passards and Blow Jangle Appalachia, but um, you should still, you know, come and, you know, give us some five-star reviews. I mean, we're, we're, the, we're the ladies here. Like, we're more classy. We mm-hmm. love beer and whiskey and wine, and we tell vagina wow. jokes instead of penis jokes. So, yeah, come come give us some five-star reviews. I mean, seriously. To be fair, I think you vagina guys, jokes. vagina jokes and dick jokes, honestly. Well, true, I mean, true. We do. We're yeah. <laughs> well-rounded. Yes, <laughs> we are more well-rounded. We are more diverse. We have a perspective you're not going to get elsewhere. So get on right. it, people. I mean, seriously. I mean, we have a large vocabulary. <laughs> and we're so. fucking hot. We're, yes. we're fucking hot, so... Hot damn. <laughs> uh, so anyway, go to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review and write a few words. We'll read it here on our next episode after we see that it is there. Awesome. So then, um, what about Patreon? Do we have any new patrons? We do have some new patrons. So our new patrons from the last episode are Brandy Roberts. Yay! Yay, and, Brandy! And- she is at the... Um, <laughs> Drinking at Bible Study podcast. Yes, she she's is also in the half. pub with us. Yes, she's in the pub. She's one half of Drinking at Bible Study along with Joe. Um, who also is a patron. He also is a patron. They're amazing. They're wonderful people. You should go listen to their podcast. Um, and then also Craig Bitter. Yay! From Australia. Yay! Oh, I forgot. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait. Okay, so he's... Wait, I probably pronounced his last name wrong then. Maybe I'm. I didn't make I'm, that connection because Michael had such pronunciation a huge was wrong and which one is right. Like I, I still don't know. Michael did not make that clear. No. I mean, okay. So Craig, let me give you some advice because this worked for me. If you're on Twitter, put the pronunciation of your name in your Twitter name. It's true. That's what I did, and I've had no problems. Yeah. It it worked. Michael doesn't mispronounce my name now. Unless it's on purpose. Well, yeah, well, yeah but... Or but he's yeah, super exactly. high on booze and Percocet. <laughs> and and Craig that. also... It, yeah. Yeah. Though I will say, since Dan had hit... We ran Dan's signed herd segment, Michael's blood is no longer on my hands if he kills himself with uh, opioids and alcohol. Yeah. Like, Seriously. I am... Seriously. Yeah, absolved of any of that. Uh, so, Craig... If you would like, take a video of yourself saying your name a few times, yeah, and post it in the pub for us. That would be kind of amazing. We are very sorry that we're asking you to do this. <laughs> I, I think there might be a level of marginalization between Americans and Australians, <laughs> so we're very sorry. Well, but I will say though, it's 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 not. It, it's still an English. Yes. Yes. language name very much so it's not and, and we think you're all I... much better people than us oh so true so and i'm not just sucking up this time no i mean <laughs> with the exception of the vegemite you know well yeah don't send yeah. us vegemite we don't have a fat passwords don't send us vegemite if any australians are listening yeah anyway well, well, so what about Gregor. twitter feedback 
Well, uh, first, how do people get into this awesome oh, pub that yes. we talk so much about in fangirling <laughs> and right now? And um, how do people come up, become our patrons? Yes, thank you for getting me back on track. I've already finished my beer. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> See, how much did I drink? Oh, one pint. I had one pint and six fluid ounces already of Boston Lager. So, And I haven't had dinner yet. Normally... You have a Boston Lager. What percent is that? Like um, five? I would guess yeah. it's somewhere between five, two, and six, eight. Times. I haven't had dinner yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we need to get this done because it's yes. late and Amanda needs to get dinner. Yes. Um. Okay. So, so yes. Yeah, so if you want to join the pub or become a pa- okay first patron, if you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash Twisted Sisters. We have several different levels of um, donation options with. Very clever, amazing names that Becky picked Thank you out, so much. Um, <laughs> and that you also get different prizes depending on what level you you donate to us. Um, For like, instance, I'm sending yes. two glasses to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so they better appreciate it. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and these amazing glasses have the Twisted Sister logo. Which is created mm-hmm. by the amazing Nathan Miller West at Namway Design. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. It well, so what's on the glasses is my approximation of oh, what Nathan created. Okay, yes. It looks it looks very, very similar. You did a good job interpreting his design. So yeah, it's inspired by the work of Nathan yes. Miller West. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Um so yeah. And then if you want to join the pub, um, Go support our dear, dear brothers and friends, the Glorious Pastors. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Pastors Podcast. At least a dollar a month gets you in the pub. We've got mm-hmm. some really fun conversations. It's not all serious. We, we have fun there too. Mm-hmm. But it's Absolutely. a good community and it's it's family. It's home. It's Jesus with dick jokes and yep. awkward social skills. Very. Yeah, true. Yep. Um, also, uh, give them a listen. This week they had on um, Hillary McBride yes. talking about her uh, upcoming book, um, Mother's Daughters and Body Image. And so listen to her there. And then in a few weeks, um, let's see, I think it's about a month, mm-hmm. we're going to have her on Yes. after Amazing. we read the book. And nice. so we can actually talk about specific <laughs> things. <laughs> so listen to her there. But then also listen to us because our interview will be better because we'll be we'll be prepared. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And you're just better. Well, yeah, oh. of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I'm, you. I think I'm throwing the gauntlet down for you. I'm sorry. My, yeah. <laughs> well, better you down. than us. You won't have to deal with us after you know October. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is I'm not invited back. No. <laughs> I'm just saying, you have more leverage as far as, like, time. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Never mind. It's it's cool. I get it. I understand. Who knows? (laughs) I don't know. I can say whatever once. My podcast. So. (laughs) Okay. Let's go into Twitter feedback. Awesome. Um, So, last week we had on Rebecca Lemke, and she is at new crunchy mom on twitter and uh, she tweeted had a great interview with at twisted sisters and at becky seville can't wait to share it with y'all on monday um emoji with the heart eyes hashtag podcast hashtag purity culture 
uh, uh-huh. of course I just like get out of that screen that I need. Um, then also Jacob Sampson, um, Jacob underscore Sampson, um, said I'd be down to provide more formal cameos should the occasion ever present itself. Hashtag Jacob interrupts. <laughs> Um, the Sipping Sisters pod at Three Sipping Sisters. OMG, listen now as at Twisted Sisters cross over with us to talk Jesus on screen. Hashtag Lady Pod Squad, sip and hashtag with us. Awesome. So, their episode, so um, the crossover episode that we had a few weeks back, they um, just posted their, their version of it. So, on their feed. So, go listen to them. Don't just listen to that episode, actually, listen to them um, too. Subscribe to them too because. They're super awesome and a lot yeah, of fun. They're so much fun. That was one of the most fun episodes. Just like, I mean, even though it was six of us, it was like, it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it totally was. Yeah. We'll have to do that again. Oh, yeah. For real. Yeah. Um, we had um, we had a lot of people um, recommend us as yeah. follows um, this week. So, Exvangelical, um, at Exvangelical Pod, um, it's Blake Chastain. Um, he said, I'm on vacation, but even from the far side of the sea, I heard tale of hashtag International Podcast Day, and my, I recommend you listen to my show, please. He said, <laughs> also listen to, um, at Sunday School Dropout, Twisted Sisters, The Life After Org, at the Kevin Garcia, at Lisa DeLay, at Broderick Greer, and at Crystal Cheatham. So. Awesome. Thanks, Exvangelical slash Blake. And thank you for tweeting at us while you were on vacation. I mean, I know. I mean, he was in he Europe. Was, Seriously. He was on vacation where I'm going on vacation. Really? Weeks. Oh, yes. He, he messaged me a few weeks ago. He's like, wait, aren't you going? Aren't you going to Amsterdam? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, we're going. My wife and I are going. I'm like, what? <laughs> so when I get back, we're going to compare notes. That'd be awesome. Though he did get back, um, like the day of the Las Vegas shooting. Oh no! <laughs> so or like the day after or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That's rough. But um, then um, Holly Eastman at Holly Joy Joy um, tweeted, um, "Which podcast could you recommend? I'm really interested in def- in definitely journeying the hashtag Empty the Pews path." She tweeted that at um, Christopher Stroop, and Christopher Stroop. At C underscore Stroop um, replied back with a few different podcasts, um, including um, ours. So he said there are many more in this space, including at Twisted Sisters, at The Liturgist, at Drunk X Pastored, at, at Pastored's Podcast, and at Dell and Jess and others. Yeah. So thank that's you so, so awesome. much, Chris. Like, okay, like, we, we need to have him on. We need we do. to start talking to him about that. Definitely. He, uh, I, I He's one of those who I feel like he's kind of like a celebrity because he's been published in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he's <laughs> like, so like, he's so down to earth and just like regular though, too. Right. Yeah. Definitely. He's so easy yeah, to talk to. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's like, oh my gosh, you have such a huge platform and like you just like shout out, did a shout out to us on Twitter. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, he's the one that so, started the hashtag empty the pews. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. It blew up. It is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also got, um, some recommendations from, uh, John Mark Ormache. Um, so he tweeted, um, a a bunch of recommendations, but 
the one with Vesson is at Twisted Sisters, at Bobo underscore Brzezinski, at Becky Seville, me, (laughs) (laughs) at at Amateur Theologue, that's Matt, who Mm -hmm. we had on a few weeks ago, and at Skeptical underscore Monk. Awesome. Um, In response to the Three Sipping Sisters um, run of our mashup episode, we had Angela P. (laughs) at Angela to be Pecked. At Three Sipping Sisters, at Twisted Sisters, Hashtag Saved was one of my favorite movies ever. So great on many many levels. Hashtag Lady Pod Squad, Hashtag Potter and Family. And I'm laughing because I'm looking at the gif that she attached with it. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's that gif of Mandy Moore throwing her Bible at that other girl saying, I am filled with Christ's love. Yes. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of parochial school. Yeah. Um, and in a reply to a retweet that we did of Brandon Andrus at Brandon Andrus, his tweet was, I view prayers um, not exclusively as words, but as alignment. To that end, our thoughts and prayers have failed. This was after the um, Las Vegas shooting. And um, in reply to that, Randy Anderson at Contrarian Soul said, um, quote, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, and, quote, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, should at some point be effect of thoughts and prayers. Hmm. Agree? Yeah. Okay, hashtag time. What do you ladies have? Well, um, do you want to go first, Nicole? Sure. Nice being the guest of honor, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're a little out of order because I don't remember when I wrote one and not, but uh, we'll give this a try. So um, hashtag not responsible for our opinions. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> hashtag racist honey. <laughs> um, hash- that's what it sounded like. I swear. I still don't know what you actually said. Rice, rice, honey. Uh, rice, okay. like all right, like Stephanie. Oh, yeah. R I C E. R I C E apostrophe S. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> hash- actually goes well with this hashtag pub name drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Hashtag Becky gives spoilers. Not. Oh, I have terrible handwriting. Secrets. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. And hashtag Becky secrets. Uh, <laughs> hashtag Becky loves the human body. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, hashtag hide your pot. <laughs> uh, which leads me to hashtag old lady candy. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. Um, <laughs> hashtag missed opportunity. And mm-hmm. hashtag Amanda needs dinner. Um, <laughs> they've got uh, hashtag only child guilt. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> hashtag happy along the journey. Like some mm-hmm. of these are actually introspective, I promise. Uh, <laughs> hashtag not every guy needs to cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag that's just the. Oh, I really have terrible handwriting. Hold on. Old eyes this and is going hair so well. <laughs> hashtag just the body I live in. And uh-huh. Hashtag theology adjacent. What do you Amanda? I I have hashtag they blew it yesterday. They sure <laughs> did. <Yep. laughs> 
Hashtag sister sportsing. Hashtag mm-hmm. racist honey. Hashtag not going to try that. Hashtag it hurts inside. <laughs> Hashtag you have thicker air. Mm-hmm. Hashtag not a clean cut. Um, hashtag hypothetical edibles. And from the interview, uh, they hashtag they got it right the first time. <clears throat> hashtag I have looked at that twice. About the the giving birth part. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag whoever they are. Hashtag sometimes your best is your worst. Hashtag free hot dog Friday. hashtag hearing stories of other people changes you hashtag i don't vote for divorce hashtag people do actually have feelings hashtag i always want to win hashtag i am like a b minus (laughs) hashtag amazingly becky is speechless hashtag got miles to play with barbies Hashtag Hillary is just amazing all the time. Mm-hmm. Hashtag definitely not because I work out. Hashtag you one scary white boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag kind of teenager I was. Hashtag nothing worse than tender nipples. <laughs> and hashtag <laughs> theology adjacent. And yeah. then from... Um, and then I have... Uh, yeah, no, I think that's all I have. That's okay. Yep. Um. Okay, I have a lot because <laughs> who's surprised? <laughs> oh, there we go. There's the top of it. Um, hashtag chestnut turned into cherry cola. <laughs> hashtag Boston logger in the fall. <laughs> hashtag bought a kept jersey to piss people off. No, oh, FYI, it hashtag- came in the mail. Oh, yay! It did? Good. Nice. Um, hashtag take on bee's knees cocktail. <laughs> oh, th- is that it? Yep, that's Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Nice. <laughs> hashtag business in German. <laughs> hashtag I pretend Kiefer Sutherland is president. <laughs> hashtag everybody likes Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> hashtag not a douche canoe. <laughs> hashtag sue the dinosaur. I'll, I'll allow for laughter for a little bit there. Yeah. Um, hashtag bending away from creationism. <laughs> hashtag giving myself asterisks. <laughs> hashtag got it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Hashtag people don't fit into two categories. Mm-hmm. Hashtag you pushed your watermelon out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go serious. Hashtag you can't enjoy a moment. <laughs> hashtag man's man hashtag gritty farm guys hashtag a man whatever that is, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> hashtag I take time to watch other guys <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> Yeah. 
Hashtag work in progress. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag free hot dogs. (laughs) Hashtag hearing other stories changes you. Mm. (coughs) Wait for Amanda to cough. I'm dying. (laughs) Hashtag I don't recommend divorce. (laughs) Of course, now I'm laughing when I say that. That's not good. Um, Hashtag Tony actually has feelings. Hashtag being right isn't as important as relationship, which is really long, but it was good. Mm. Hashtag B minus personality. (laughs) Hashtag goofy, silly guy. (laughs) Hashtag emotionally stunted computer programmer. Also really long. (laughs) Oh, so true. (laughs) Hashtag action figures versus dolls. (laughs) Hashtag win and then they leave. Hashtag board a little bit bigger. Hashtag you one scary white boy. Uh, hashtag nothing's worse than tender nipples. So, um, <laughs> so what hashtag should we give to the people to tweet at us with? What was yours, Becky? Uh, mine. Like which one? The the one that I <laughs> the died. one that you really liked. Yeah. Um, the one that you said that might be it. Yeah. Uh, that was um. I take time to watch other guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like classic. that. I like racist honey. I still like old lady candy, and I like nothing more than nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like if we use the last one, we would get. Not the oh. right. <laughs> yeah, I say let's not let's it's, not go down much that road. Fun as that sounds for the rest of us, <laughs> right? We, we might get some porn bots. <laughs> we might more porn bots because we've had to block them before. Um, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, my votes are um, theology adjacent, racist honey, old lady candy, and I take time to watch other guys. <laughs> I really like I take time to watch other guys. <laughs> but again, I'm not sure where that one's going to get us either. It's not yeah. as bad, though. No. Right. Alternate hashtag, I take time to watch other guys. Okay, so what would your vote be for? I don't know, because they're mine. It, it sounds kind of selfish. I... I know we voted for Old Lady Candy last time we recorded this, but I really like Racist Honey. Yeah. Like Racist Honey? Racist Honey is fun. It's so funny. (laughs) Okay. But someone out there, feel free to use the uh, alternate hashtag. Um, (laughs) That would be amazing. So, sorry, Tony. Not really, but, you know. A little sorry. (laughs) Uh, official hashtag then. Um, tweet at us at Twisted Sisters with the hashtag um, racist honey. Um, also, uh, subscribe and um, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, give us a five star rating and we will um, read that next time on our podcast. And um, <laughs> I am at Becky Seville. I am at Don't Say Polly. I am at Neverland5571, but I don't Twitter write. 
Um, it's actually easier to find me on Instagram at NikkiS620, N-I-K-I. And again, I forgot to have Tony say what his uh, his Twitter handle was, but um, his is IamTony42. So you can tweet at him too. It was so fun, this first episode with you, Nicole. Yes, Thank you for nice. having me. It was super fun. And we will see you again next week. Yay! Yay. I'm not kicked off. No. <laughs> yes. You made the cut. You passed your interview. Oh, yay. And no creepy <laughs> ceremonies at the end. Woo! Oh, we forgot about that. Damn it. Oh. Becky. I'm sorry. We can start next week that way. All right. Yeah. Blood ceremony next week. Oh. <laughs>